Yo, what it do, what it is, what it ain't. It's your boy T. You listen to the Get Right Podcast, man. This is episode two, and I'm with the homies, DC, a.k.a. Mr. Misconception. What it do, what it is, what it ain't, homie. <laughs> Mr. Misconception, man. I love it, man. It's your boy DC. I'm going to come up with something today, man. Just just let me get warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the brain trust, man, the guy who got us together, man. I'm going to keep calling you the brain trust, bro. I'm going to beat this dead horse. Rob, man, what's happening? What up, though? That's all we got, baby. What up, though? That's, That's it. The people, <laughs> the people know it. So Detroit. But, so yes, Detroit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But more importantly, man, um, I want to kick it back to – let you do something that you should have did last episode and uh-huh. real quick man shout out to everybody that listened last episode shout out to all the feedback we received a lot of love thank you thank you thank yeah, you yeah 100 a lot of love a lot of uh great feedback that we can implement on this thing moving forward but one of the key pieces that we missed last week was letting our man t go into his background you know dc and myself we got a chance to, to spit a little bit but Go ahead, T, man. Let the people know who you yeah, are. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Of course, man, T. Um, my home is Sweet Home, Alabama, man. My home is the is the earth, like D.C. said, man. I mean, Detroit and my, uh, man, it's, it's so much love there and heart and compassion, man. Um, I have living in Germany. Whew. Um, I got my heart in a lot of places, man, and um, and grown from a lot of people from all these different places as well, man. Um, Georgia fans, don't at me. I don't want to talk about it. Don't at me. Oh. But uh, <laughs> don't at me. But uh, you know, next fall it's gonna be a different story, man. But man, you know, uh, great, proud of my parents. They may not be on this planet right now, but they they are in my blood and, and in my DNA. Who I am today, man. Um, my uncle, who's in Germany, played a great father figure of mine, man, and um. Uh, Solid dude. This is the reason why I'm here. This is the reason why I'm here, man. Um, the way the way I am, the way I move, the way I roll. Um, I learned a lot from them, man. Uh, DC, you talked about it man, 20 years back. Oof, freshman year in college, we probably can't say certain things right now. We probably, man. But nonetheless, um, just growing and learning, man. And then you know, linking up with you, Rod. This is this is probably one of the best things ever for me, um, to do and to bring the light and just have real organic conversations. You know what I'm saying? We're not doing this. We ain't no we ain't famous. Uh, we just so like I said last week, man, we just some regular degular dudes, man. But we really want to have some good conversation, good content amongst each other, but also for y'all, um, the listeners. So yeah, man, that that's me in a nutshell, man. Yeah, I, man. That's telling you what it do, what it is, what it ain't. Yeah, man. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. So we're we going to go ahead and get this thing popped off, man. T, what you want to talk about today, my brother? Man, I'm, I'm going to pick on uh, DC, man, because he we've been blowing up social media a lot, man. And it's a good question, man. When when I say Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, what, what do you think about uh, DC when, when I say that, man? Prime coach prime when you talking about coach prime I'm talking I'm thinking that man has got the culture on his back bro that man has put the culture on his back and he is carrying it bro as y'all know man coach prime time Deion Sanders took his talents down to Jackson State University and has been going ham bro got what the number one 
cornerback or uh, receiver. Two-way player in the nation. Yeah, in the nation, bro. The man, that dude was committed to another school, and Dion changed his mind. But what I really like is um, just the way that he represents and what he's trying to do is bigger. It's bigger than Jackson State. Um, like I said, it's about the culture, and it's about the way that HBCUs in particular are viewed. I think that, you know, HBCUs, um, there's a stigma around that, especially if you're talking about athletics. And I think when you're talking about the culture, to me, a lot of it does start with the athletics. And HBCU is has always been kind of looked at, I think, as second rate. Uh, Primetime has been bringing a lot of validity to to these at well specifically Jackson State but to all the HBCUs man and I'm just really excited to see what he can do what he can produce I want to see him put some boys in the league I want to see him uh, see some boys walk across that stage because that's probably yes, the sir. most important that's it right there yeah because most players are not going to go to the league but I think realistically speaking um, kind of to T's point being an Alabama fan how much money does Alabama get because of Coach Saban. How many donors show up because of Coach Saban? And you're going to see the same thing with primetime, bro. You know, the alumni who maybe graduated from Jackson State but never went back or never gave back, now that they got primetime, they're going to put that money into the into the, to the school. And that trickles down. Of course, you know, it starts with football, but that goes to the libraries. It goes to uh, the faculty. It goes to the admin. It goes to everything to just lift it up. And I feel what's going to happen, knock on wood, is as uh, primetime see success, it's going to trickle to all the HBCUs. And we're not going to be seen as as second class. Now, am I, yeah, we're not going to be seen as second class and we're going to be right up there. You know what I'm saying? And and again, for the culture. Huge, bro. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I think that we're not quite there yet. I think we're just scratching the surface. Um. But I'm excited for the future, bro. I really am. And I, I'm tuning in. I am tuning in for that man, bro. For sure, man. So, so Rod, I want you to – I want to hear your take on this, man. Do you feel like the HBCUs now are getting the shine they need, or is it still the same? Man, that is a very interesting question. I, I will say that there is more recognition for sure if it's really getting the respect it deserves or needs time will tell man honestly we don't know yet i think there's been a huge push since prime has has come over to the well i don't even want to say the dark side man what we'll call it the limelight right <laughs> since prime has come over to the limelight to put a spotlight on the entire hbcu community I think there has been some positive changes on top of that. You know, we are talking about black history month and wrapping this up, you know, it's, it's going on what two years since the passing of George Floyd or since the execution of George Floyd, I should say, yeah. right. We're, we're going on two years of that. And you start to see more organizations, companies, uh, different NBA specifically different types of, uh, organizations that's that's pumping more awareness into it now i don't know if they're pumping the resources into it but at least the awareness is there man so i will say we're making strides but it's man it's a long road ahead of us man it's a long way to go 
And it's it's interesting at seeing just how big of an impact Prime has had over the last he's been there what two years now, two seasons. So it's interesting to see, like like DC said, man, he got pretty much the number one prospect overall in, in the recruiting class that honestly I never would have thought anyone would have seen that, right? I thought he would be competitive. He'll flip a couple of D1 students, but to get, you know, and I, I don't want to get into the best. Of the best. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get too much into the five-star ratings and all that stuff because we, we all know what that is. But usually, even even knowing what it is, usually it's it's a heavy it's a heavy recognition piece put on those stars, man. And when you can pull a five-star D1 athlete that has access to a Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, uh, Texas, or whoever they want to go to, that's a huge move, man. And, you know, we can go deeper into it, but T, I'm, I'm going to kick it back to get your thoughts because we also have high school students that have been potentially pushing that narrative too. And I think it works probably a little bit easier on the basketball side of athletics than it does football, but we'll, we'll talk about it all, but that's, that's my initial take on it. And let's get into it, man. man real quick, bro. I just, yeah, go just, ahead, bro. Two things. One, you mentioned George Floyd. I'm going to be real with you. I was surprised that George Floyd getting killed was such a big deal. And what I mean is this, mm-hmm. it was obviously a big deal to us. But man, mm-hmm. so many times black folks get killed on national TV, live okay. on the internet, and mm-hmm. don't nobody care. And or people might care for maybe a week, and then it's just business as usual. But that thing really took off, and it's tragic, obviously, mm-hmm. what happened. But I was su- pleasantly surprised that it went down the way that it went down, as far as the officers being held accountable, nationwide protests. Uh, that was like amazing. I just wanted to touch on that. And another thing, I just had the a world had, protest, bro. The world protest. And another thing, I was thinking about uh, as you was talking, Rod, with uh, Jackson State, is now students get paid. So, mm. like, you got to figure there was a time HBCUs just don't have the budgets that an Alabama or a Georgia might have, but the young can get them some uh, endorsements. You know what I'm saying? You think that that cornerback going down Jackson State, you are gonna see him on some local commercials selling used cars or, or some shit like that put some mm-hmm. money in that man pocket that ain't gonna come out of the school's funds so i think that's gonna be something that's gonna even the playing field too anyway you said that i had to get that off man go ahead t i feel you man the nil that's gonna be a big deal um across the united states man but when we talk about hbcus man for me man and i know we hitting on sports man and shout out to every hbcu and we end in black history month but hey i'm gonna tell you this march 1st we still going to be celebrating black history. Um, when you look at HBU, HBCUs, we've been in the fabric. Our culture, our drip, our swag, we've we been out here, man. Let's let's talk about Sean Combs, Diddy, right? That's HBCU. Erica Badu, that's HBCU. David Banner, that's HBCU. The late, great Chadwick Bozeman, that's HBCU. Like, we've been here. You know what I mean? Um... And that recognition, like, uh, to what Rod said, I, I love how you use that. That limelight's been there, man, but I think it's shining brighter that we have another polarizing figure such as Deion Sanders um, who has really put that culture on his back and really helping that that cause because we have people in the in the entertainment industry. We have lawyers. 
we got people in the boardroom and shout out Spike Lee, by the way, HBCU again. Like we keep going um, with some great people who are doing great things from the HBCU programs um, and that are helping their communities, man. I'll even, I'll dare to say it, man. It's not just because of this family, but coach Mario Lane, that is a cousin of mine. He's in Georgia, but he's actually training kids during the summer. He's coaching kids in high school level. And he's doing this to keep kids that look like us off the streets. He's doing this for kids that look like us to, to find a better avenue, not just on the football field, but in the classroom, in those boardrooms. So, man, uh, it's so many people who's come from the HBCUs, man, that are really giving back to our community and uh, being the pillar that are not celebrities. And it's because of what these HBCUs have done for these great people that I'm, I'm speaking on that's putting us out here and making that limelight even brighter, man. And so that's my take on it. And to what you're saying, DC, now that these NILs, man, there's so many avenues now that these kids can do. Yeah. They even might not be able to play sports, but let's it's gonna it's gonna trickle out into like the the film, the world, our fashion. Don't let me go there. Man, <laughs> we you know, we are a walking culture, man. We are a walking historically black, you know, college university, man. That's just who we are. Um and I'm excited for it, man. I think right now, to circle back to that question, right? Are we getting the this big enough attention? Is it really blowing up? I'm going to say yes and no. Yes, because of the athletic side. But no, and you said it, uh, DC, is, we're not getting that recognition of all these folks that we had walk across the stage just yet. Mm-hmm. But we will, though. I believe it. You call me glass half full or whatever, but I guarantee you we will, though. So that that's definitely my take on uh, the HBCU movement. Yeah, you know one of the things that someone told me a long time ago, man, when when I was trying to figure out this whole college thing, and I was I'm gonna be honest, man, I was late in the game because I wasn't sure about the whole higher education and and going to college and all that stuff. So I started late, man. I started my my looking and and trying to figure out where I'm going to do late in the game, probably not until my junior year where, you know, some people were already lined up, booked and and ready to go. I didn't start looking and start really taking it serious until like my junior year and really didn't go hard on it. I didn't take ACT or any of the, I, I really didn't take the SAT at all. I didn't take the ACT until senior year where, you know, my brother was a little different. He was taking it as sophomore year. Like he was, he was the brainiac, right? He was, he was the one that was, he was prepared. I was more of a rebel when it comes to school. Um, <laughs> but when I, when I actually started taking it serious, um, one of the things that I didn't take in consideration was like historical black colleges, right? Until the time was running down and it was like, yo, I'm really not accepted to many majors right now. So I actually got accepted to Alabama State University, man. And <laughs> ironically, I'm about to say, ironically Shout enough, to man. Shout out to Al- the Hornets. <laughs> the Alabama, uh, I'm not a, not a fan of Alabama to school, but I was going to end up going to Alabama State and the only thing that really stopped me from going was it was two things, right? One, I didn't want to pay those out of state fees or whatever they were charging at the time. I didn't have a scholarship. It, well, it was a partial, like very, very minimal. So it wouldn't have covered the cost. It would have 
cost me to really go to the institution. And two, again, it was at that HBCU stigma of like, uh, I don't know if I really want to do that when I can have the name of whatever university I was appointed, whether it was Michigan State, boo, I'm a Michigan fan, and I almost did go to Michigan State, <laughs> true story. Um, or, you know, eventually where I ended up going was Eastern Michigan University. And one wise person once told me, to make a long story short, one wise person told me, like, it doesn't matter what the name is on that diploma. All that matters is the diploma, right? And looking back on it now, I wish I would have had that experience. I wish I would have just went ahead to Alabama State, even if I didn't stay, even if I, you know, started off and, and came back and did whatever to finish out. I wish I would have had that experience because there's nothing like it, man. I came down to it. My first visit to North Carolina was actually a friend of ours who graduated from A&T. She got her master's from A&T. And I was like, what the hell is going on? They kept screaming Aggie pride. And it was it was a crazy scene. And I'm like, man, yeah, I just sat back to myself. Aggies. Yeah, I just sat back to myself and was like, man, I, I, I wish I would have got a chance to experience that moment. And on top of that, you just named some heavy hitters, man, that all graduated from HBCUs. And, you know, it, it's no secret that Howard has produced Ooh. some very successful people. Right. A lot. And they stick Kamala together. Harris. 100%, right? They, they, they produce a lot of successful people. And I know quite a bit of them, man. And like I said, there was this, this, this stigma even within our community to think you had to go to a certain university to really compete in, in the game, man. And I think that stigma is being lowered a little bit. It still may be there, but... I think it's lowered. It's not as prevalent as probably when we were coming up. And also, like when you think about, again, the, the recognition piece of it and, and how many people have been pumping the HBCUs, like Chris Paul has been, even though he didn't go to one, he's been heavy on it, wearing all apparel, like everything he does, donating uh, charities, all of the stuff that he's doing to put back into really what any university needs to move the needle forward is resources, right? And I think we're starting to see that now. They're getting more resources now. Are they on the level of majors that have multiple streams of access and billion-dollar donors? No, we're not there yet. And that's probably what it's going to take to compete with some of these guys. You need those resources, especially athletically. I think academically, academically, we probably are better off in an HBCU because I think it teaches you how to navigate this crazy world that we live in from a business side as an African-American, you know what I mean? Bad. So I wish I would have got that experience. I know that was a little long winded. I got my DC on, but I wanted to make sure I put that point across of my journey and that I actually had that opportunity to go to an HBCU and I turned it down, man, just because of it was fear, right? It was fear of not being able to work in a corporate environment after I graduated, which is the dumbest thing I ever can think of. But it was a learning experience. Yeah, I think that's now, crazy. Oh, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, DC. No, I was just saying that's crazy, man. You know, listening to you, Rod. 
So I, I've never considered going to HBCU. I, I graduated college, but I never went to an HBCU. And um, I never considered it. And as I was listening to you, made me think, bro, a big reason I never considered and I, I feel the black culture as a whole is leaped bounds forward is because I came up. I'm a little bit of a late bloomer, man. So like middle school, definitely not, you know, in the quote unquote cool crowd or anything like that. It wasn't until late high school that I kind of started to find my zone, whatever. See me in these streets, but uh, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying nerds get the money now, you know. But anyway, um, but to that point though, um, I came up, man, like kind of like treated like I wasn't black enough, man. Like I would, I would speak, and like black kids, like I say, I talk white because I spoke proper English. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a real thing. This is, you know, the early 90s, mid 90s, you know, and if you spoke too clearly now, mind you, I'm, I'm not sitting around watching the Andy Griffith show or Brady Bunch or whatever, you know, friends. I wasn't watching none of that. I was watching Martin. I'm watching, <laughs> you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know what I'm saying? I'm but friends, bruh, but <laughs> but it was a real thing, though, man. You know, and this was in Oklahoma, dog. Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? And but. But uh, but yeah, and so it wasn't until later on in high school, actually, what's ironic is until I moved to Germany, that I kind of came into my own and uh, and got with some folks that, you know, didn't really, you know, they see they see you for they see you for who you are and what have you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and um, yeah, 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 linking up with T was a big part of it, and in high school even before that. And now as I look back, I would definitely go to an HBCU. But I'll say I think now where we are culturally in 2022 versus even when I was in high school, the 90s and middle school is I I maybe I'm a little out of touch, but I don't see black people ostracizing each other as much as it was in the 90s. Like black and ignorance were synonymous and black people were a part of that. And I can that personally. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a time I used to actually dumb dumb down what I would say or dumb down the way that I speak just so I could fit in with people who look like me. Like, is that not crazy? You know what I'm saying? And I think that today maybe it still goes on, but I would think that I think that we're a lot further on to that. Matter of fact, I know it because you even see it in TV and movies and whatnot. You're not seeing black mm-hmm. folks always, you know just talking crazy and looking crazy on TV. Like we're still portrayed somewhat in a negative light, but bro, compared to the nineties, it is definitely way better, man. Definitely way better. I, I think we made leaps and bounds, but we, we still got some ways to go, man. Um, you, you, you hit on something, man. Like people saying you're not black enough or you sound like this or you look like that. I mean, think about what we talked about last week. With Jared Allen, man, make twenty million dollars yeah. a year, but he got killed by Black Twitter. Our people, yep. our culture, our yep. movement, man. Like, We're not looking rich enough, whatever that means. Why is that? That's a question for both of y'all. Like, why is that? Why are we still doing it? Why can't we? Like, hey, bro, do your thing, bro. If you want to wear a hoodie and some jeans, bro, do your thing, bro, because you are you you getting a you getting a bag, obviously. And if that's what makes you comfortable, bro, if you like it, I love it. 
But instead, we say, man, look at that dude, bro. He look like a bum. Man, he trash, bro. Why can't we as black men, I'm going to go there, uplift one another, bro? You, you know what? That is a, it's a good question. And, I mean, you find the answer to that, then, you know, you might rule the world at that point. I don't I don't know. Like, I really don't don't know what the issue was, but it's, it's deep-rooted for whatever reason. Because, like, like DC was saying, I, I I still believe it goes on. I don't know if it's as prevalent as it was back when we were coming up, but it, it definitely still happens, right? Social and media makes it bigger. It, it does, it does. And one one of the reasons why I think I, I said I would love to experience that HBCU type of environment, but I think one of the reasons why Eastern actually became a a, a better choice in that time frame is because. I'm from Detroit, man, and Detroit at the time still pretty high, but I think at the time it was like ninety something percent black, right? Like, so that's all I grew up with. It was like no other ethnicities, no other whatever, and if they were, it was more segregated than not, right? Like, you got your pockets in in Detroit or Michigan, we'll call it the Metro Detroit area. So you have the Dearborn side where it's mostly Arabic, right? You have your Greek sections, you have your your Hispanic sections, you have Detroit, which is heavily populated black. So I didn't get to experience diversity until I actually went to a university where I was not the majority. You know what I mean? I like not even close. So I understand when you say black people talking down on each other or looking at someone a different way, because, you know, realistically, we all are different, right? And for a minute, people thought I was weird as hell, right? Because I don't do the things that a lot of my friends were doing at the time, right? Like I don't, I don't smoke to this day. Stimulate your mind, Craig. You know, what I mean? it's not. I mean, it's nothing. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't care if you do it or not, right? That's that's you. I've been around it my whole life. First time I smoked, I was. Uh, I hope my mom don't hear this, but first time I was smoked, I was <laughs> in the sixth grade. You know what I mean? Like you have to censor this out. I mean, no, I don't. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a grown, grown man. I'm a grown ass man. Yeah, but I, I was in I was in the sixth grade, um, and that was the only time I felt any type of victim to peer pressure was in the sixth grade. And at that moment, I realized it wasn't for me. And I, you know, what I mean, I was like, "Yo, I'm I'm good." So I never felt for peer pressure. So that really made people look at me differently. Because I, when usually people were going left, I was going right or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So as as black men, when you see someone doing something different, especially in Detroit for whatever reason, right? You looked at a little funny. You looked at like, man, what's wrong with this dude? Was he? He's weird, and I embrace it. You know what I mean? I always tell people, yeah, I'm weird, but it looks sexy on me. I'm good with it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's just the attitude I adapted. But to answer your question. There is no true reason why we can't do that, man. Like, if we just took a moment and, and like, us three forming this whole podcast, man, and brought some ideas together and look and lift each other up, who knows where we could be as a people, right? Because I still believe that the black male is looked at as less than, right? And we see it every day, like, like, DC said earlier is surprising and I think all of us are surprised that the George Ford the Floyd sorry the George Floyd situation 
turned out to be as big as it was because we've seen that story for our entire lives. You know what I mean? Like it has literally been there our entire lives. And I, I think it's, it, it just goes back to the crab in a barrel mentality where I don't know, man. Like I, I really don't know the answer to that. I, I'm trying to formulate an answer for you T, but I have no, no answers. I don't even know where to start to say why we can't lift each other up because I do it right. I know you two do it. It could, it could be, man. And that, that's another thing that I'm like, slavery is it but but is it really that deep rooted to go 400 years back to where we still can't change that though so yes let me let me answer this real quick dc all right all right yes yes is deep rooted but can we not can we not change it um of course we can change it um you said it you just said it right it starts right here we having conversations about it and hopefully somebody else having these conversations in the barbershop in the salons in a car ride, wherever that platform, whatever that environment is, right? Um, I mean, I say it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Rob, bro, love you. DC, love you. There's a couple other homies, man, I tell that too, right? I love to see them ascend. You know what I'm saying? If one of y'all win the lottery, bro, I'm, I'm cheering for y'all like I won. That's just the mentality that I have. But it starts with not being judged because everybody's so judgmental. And somebody like, ah, oh, T, you soft as hell because you, you said you love another dude. No, it's like my brother. You know what I'm saying? You you tell your brothers you love them. You tell your mom and dad that. So if you got somebody that's in your heart, in your circle like that, you should be able to tell them you love them, right? You should be able to wish them well even if you're not doing as great, right? I think that's the mentality that we need to have. We used to have that mentality I want to say in the late 80s, early 90s, right? Let's go to the streets, right? You had those OGs. You had those guys who, those kids, bound to go to college, bound to be somebody special, right, in sports. Those OGs would keep them away from that, that street, those situations. You don't see that anymore, right? Because they just say, hey, man, if you want to be a G or you just want to get drip, all this other stuff at this age, oh, come on. Come do this. But if you don't want to do that, you are lame, you weak. You know what I'm saying? You'll be told, ain't going to be no chance for you in this, I'm going to air quote it, the white man world. Ain't going to be no chance for you to do this and do that, right? But um, I'm a testament that I can move, I can shake, and I can do do my thing just like y'all can, right? And it's up to us to say, hey, man, whatever decisions you make, man, I'm going to cheer for you. You ain't got to go left to the streets you ain't got to go left and, and and clown somebody and just be down on somebody because they don't have what you have right you can say hey bro man just stack your bread up and get it later you know what i'm saying because my my mentality is if i can't get it now it probably just wasn't meant for me to have at this moment so that that's that's my soapbox spill man dc because i know you're gonna jump in but that's just you know how it, i bro. feel about the situation man like we all can do it yeah, we can all do it, man. I think um, so. Why can't we unite? That's the question, right? So it starts with slavery. So what I mean is, think about it, bro. When you look at our culture, so America is a melting pot, right? Think about our culture. We are the only culture whose families were systematically split apart from the moment we got off the damn boat. And that shit is real. 
You know what I'm saying? Think about it, bro. They they auction you off. Your mom might go to Charleston. Your dad might go to Alabama. Your brother might go to Mississippi. And they do that shit on purpose. Multiply that over and over and over again. Now compare that to another culture that's that that also came up oppressed, like the Asian culture. You know, folks came from China, came from Japan, from the Middle East. You know what I'm saying? They came here heavily discriminated against, but their families were not ripped apart systematically. It was legal. It was legal to rip families apart, bro. And it went on for hundreds of years, even beyond slavery. Right now, check this out. After we got slavery, that's over. Right. It's mm, the 30s, 40s, 50s. You start to see black families are starting to save money. You're starting to see mothers, uh, fathers, uh, husbands and wives pull their money to, together and buy property. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what you're seeing in 40s, 50s and then and, and in the 60s. But then you, what you end up having is I forget what year it was. Uh, Section 8 housing. All those are fairly new programs. I think they started in the 70s. Steps in and they say, hey, y'all black families that's struggling. We'll help you out. We'll put you in the house. We'll get you some government cheese. We'll get you some food stamps. We'll do this that, and the third. But if you want this money, a man can't be in the house. And that's the law, my guy. That's the fucking law. It is the law. You cannot be on Section Eight if you're a woman and you're you're going through it. You can't you can't get government assistance with with a man in the house, and so it puts us in a position because we are historically oppressed. It puts us in a position where we choose government money or you know rocket with your man, you know. And we've seen unfortunately in droves people have been choosing the government. And it's and it can be, be a little bit deeper than that, but that's a big part of it, bro. If you think about it, you know what I'm saying? Getting getting the government. It's always been the government. Slavery is sanctioned by the government. Facts. 1935. All of it when is. Welfare first started, by the way. When welfare? Okay. Yeah. So FDR. I wonder when section I wonder when section eight started. Because I know hey, man, for a fact. Because I, I know for everything. Yeah, well, the reason is because I'm, you know, I'm in the real estate business for those who don't know. And I know for a fact you cannot be on Section 8 with a man in the house. They will not allow that shit. Shout out to you too, bro. Yeah. Entrepreneur, bro. Black business. Let's keep going. For sure. For sure. But to me, that that is a big, big part of it. And the government truly does dictate culture. You know what I'm saying? Case in point. And I'm, I'm about to, I'm all over the place. But look at COVID. Compare how COVID has been addressed the last couple of years and compared to another pandemic, polio. Polio came out in the 50s or, or some shit like that where everybody got the vaccine. All of our parents got them big-ass keloids on their shoulder. That's from the polio vaccine, bro. You know what I'm saying? And everybody got it. There was no, oh, it's my personal choice or this is what I believe or uh, red state, blue state. It was a health issue. But the reason it was a health issue is because it came from the government. The government didn't politicize it. Now, you look at uh, when Donald Trump was in office, it was politicized. It was, it, it was a health issue became a political issue. Now, the reason I, only reason I'm bringing is to just to reiterate the fact that culture is heavily influenced by the government. 
know what I'm saying? That's not the soul. That's not the soul thing, but it's a big part of it. And when you have an entire government that's hell bent on keeping your family split up since slavery. Yeah. To unite. Now, with that being said, though, I feel that black people are more united today than ever. And maybe. You know what I'm saying? But and, and I say maybe the 60s because obviously I wasn't around then. But in my lifetime, definitely more united than ever. You know what I'm saying? I, I see more black. I've seen more black brothers and sisters bigging each other up. Um, I, I personally know uh, some some close friends of mine who have kind of set like informal packs with each other to lift each other up. I've seen it and it's dope and it's happening. But primetime is getting us there with the HBCUs and we doing it. Hell, this, this damn podcast. That, that's what I think it is. I feel that we have are literally fighting against the, the government that's supposed to be designed to look out for us. We're fighting against that just so that we can unite. Mm. Let's you do know? it, bro. I feel you, bro. You you touching on some things, bro. Way to way to so. end the Black History Month of February off. Like I said, we're gonna yeah. keep this thing rolling on March first and second and third and and so forth. But yeah, bro. Yeah, man. I, w- I want to chime in real quick, man, because you you do make some valid points. And one of the the reasons why I ask is it deep rooted to slavery is not to discredit that theory. But the reason I asked the question, and I, I think you touched on it a little bit, right? The reason I asked that question is because in the 60s, right, in the Harlem Renaissance days and in these times where, you know, I hate to say it, there was a segregation and, and black people were forced to be together. From my at least history lessons and what I'm told, obviously I wasn't in those times, it was happening where black people were bigging up each other, where the males were the prominent providers and they would look out for each other and everything was a community. And that's what's lacking in, in really our presence, right? That community feel it's always us against us, right? Plus it's us against them, which that's why we never get ahead. That's why we're still looked at as, almost the bottom of the barrel compared to some of those other ethnicities that you name. And really the only way that I can think to, to change it is to somehow become a community, right? Somehow still keep our culture intact, still be able to, you know, integrate with, with other ethnicities and and learn how to be with each other, but have some sense of, of pride within oneself. And that's how you start to build each other up. I think there's a lack of pride within oneself. Like how insecure did I have to be to say, Daryl, you sound white, bro. Like, what does that even mean? You sound like. What does that even mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What does that mean? Yeah. There there are situations where you can tell someone grew up in a certain area. Like there's definitely some, some individuals that are not black that grew up in my neighborhood, but they sound, they sound like their environment. I can't, and I used to fall victim to it too and be like, yeah, they sound black, right? I can't say you sound black. I just say you sound like you from the hood. You know what I mean? You sound like you from, you talk my language. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's really yeah. what it boils down to is we all have differences, but how do we recognize that we're more alike than not, right? And it's, it's a difficult task, but like you, both of you guys said, it starts with things like this. 
seeing people come together, seeing people big each other up, right? And I'm going to shout out uh, my man Kendrick. Damn, I should have brought his card out to promote his business. But uh, he he was at, at at the crib on Saturday for my son's eighth birthday party, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have to drop this on the, on the Twitter site and our Facebook site. But I'm going to have to drop his information. So if you definitely in the, the metro Charlotte area, look him up because dope individual, right? But yeah, black dude, man, came through with the game truck. Um, had the PS5s, the Xbox Series X, uh, Switches, all that good stuff. It was laid out, right? He built it from the ground up himself. And we were chopping it because I'm a curious individual, right? So I'm asking them, man, how'd you get this started? Because it's a dope idea. I've seen game trucks in the past, but I never really thought about doing anything with it. But after chopping it with them, I'm like, man, that's a that's a good, really good idea because this is his only business. That's all he do. He was able to walk away from his job and focus strictly on this business. And the information he was sharing with me on Saturday was like, man, you don't have to share this with me. I like this is my first time meeting meeting buddy, man. And he was just breaking it down, like, yeah, how many how many uh, events he has lined up and how to make it work. And he's like, man, I. Some some weekends I get so busy that I have to turn away business to some of the other uh, business owners that's out there that's doing the game trucks or whatever. He's like, yeah, I always try to 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 pick up other people because it's enough out here for all of us to eat. Man, oh, repeat, when I, that, repeat that last line. Exactly. There's enough. There's enough out here for all of us to eat. Right. I'm gonna say it one more time. There's enough out here for all Mike of us Jones. to eat. Right. Let's go. Look, three times they say uh, from a psychology standpoint, you hear something three times, you'll remember it. So hopefully people will remember that. There's enough out here, man, where he could just pass this free information of how to get something started and be a business owner. Like how many times have you had that happen to you? You don't see it often, especially from our community. So it was a pleasant surprise for me to just, again, chop it with a cool person whether he was black or whatever ethnicity, he just happened to be black in this scenario. So it worked out that way where it's like, man, it was a pleasant surprise. And like in a COVID moment, like I'm, I'm shaking my man head, bringing him in for the hug for the real thing. It's my first time meeting him because he just enlightened me with something that could probably change the course of, you know, our, our lives moving forward. If we decide to move forward with this idea or look more into it to see if it's a possibility, so things like that gives me hope. Things like, and that's not the first time something like that has happened, right? Usually it happens more to Terrell because he's the mayor, but Man, we see it on, <laughs> we, we, we see it more often now than I used to, right? Growing up, you didn't see that too often. You see it more often now where we're so much at competition with ourselves that we don't want to see the next person come up to our level they're afraid they'll take the business away from us look whatever business you're doing there's going to be competition there's going to be someone that is on your heels that may be doing better than you that hell may not even be on your level but they're still considered competition it's the fun of the sport it's the fun of the game it's the fun of life is being a competitive individual that's cool and i would love to be competitive with someone that looks like me you know, again, no disrespect to any other ethnicity. I love all people. However, we usually get the short end of the stick. So I want to see my people come up too to at least be in the playing field, right? 
That's all I want. Just be in the playing field. And the more we can share and sharpen each other up, that's just going to get us there, man. So, sorry, I'm getting passionate about this one. It's a good one. All right, nah, man, I love it, man. Shout out Kendrick, man. So, definitely yeah. uh, post that on our Twitter page, man. You know, that's at, at Get Right Podcast, G-E-T-R-I-T-E Podcast. So, definitely share that on the Twitter page, man. So, uh, if you in that, like I said, that Metro Charlotte area, man, check him out. Um even I was there Saturday and just kind of seeing that experience, man, and just seeing kids, seeing kids be kids and play. And uh, it was just dope. So definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, this this is a passionate. To- it should be a passionate topic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if 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 talking about your people does not invoke some sort of passion. You know, you need to look, take a look, a long, hard look in the mirror. Hell bro, I'm, no, sweat. I'm, I'm, bro, I'm sweating. I'm, bro, I'm, I'm sweating right now, bro. Literally, mm-hmm. like I'm like I'm hot over this. Not hot as in mad, but I'm hot over this thing, thing bro. I'm, I'm I'm serious about my people, and even like t- to Raw's point, there's enough money for everybody, bro. It's too much money out here. Like even if we were all doing the same thing, there is so much out here that even if we couldn't all we can't all get it for ourselves america is so big and so mm-hmm. rich that there is so much money to go around it really is a surplus whether you realize it or not the streets are paved with gold out here y'all you know bro, what i'm saying bro and not to cut you off but just to give a prime example just to give a prime example bro if if you go down uh, well, I guess you're not in the area, Daryl, but if you come to the area, right? <laughs> he come, know, he know. Yeah, he you know. come to the Fort Mill area and you come up on exit 85 off of 77. On one area, on one side of the freeway is an area called Baxter Village. There's a Starbucks right there as soon as you get off the freeway. On the very other side of the uh, freeway, there's another area that they call Kingsley. There's a Starbucks right there. Literally on each side of the of the freeway, damn near the same location, kitty corner to one another. There's two different Starbucks. And don't talk about the Harris Teeter about a half a mile down the road that has a Starbucks in it. So there's three Starbucks. They waving out, at each other outside. With, within a, yeah, within a half a mile. And I guarantee you they're all holding their own. You know what I mean? But that was just to give you a prime example of how saturated uh, you can be in this market and still be considered successful. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that, that's exactly what it is, man. But I think we, we do need to do better about uh, uniting. I think that we are better than people would like you to believe. And what I mean is, is there separation in the black community? Yeah. Um, are, are Is the community broken in a way? Yes, I, I believe it is. But I also don't believe it's as bad as the media portrays it. You know what I'm saying? We're believe it or not, for example, the crime, the violent crime rate is actually down. I think it's went up slightly last year. It might have um, but like the crime statistics. But bro, don't believe the narrative, bro. The crime rate is uh, even among the black community has been uh, for like a good maybe 15, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't let these people try to make it seem as if we are here violent and just killing each other all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like we are bigging each other up and we, we do have a ways to go. But we are all fathers in this room and our kids are going to grow up 
in a better world because of us and because of our friends, because of our cousins, because of our brothers and sisters, because of the work that we putting in right now. And as long as we keep on putting in that work and as long as we vocal about it, to T's point, P. Diddy, Erica Badu, I didn't know she went to SBCU, by the way. See, boom. you know, our our leaders in the media, if you notice, bro, think about this. We talking about sports and entertainment, right? Sports and entertainment is is the black realm. You know what I'm saying? Like every culture slash race has their realm. And you look at the Asian race and I'm not trying to be stereotypical. This is just what I see. And this is all over the country. You know, the 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 Asian realm, they come and they get these uh, the dry cleaners and, and gas. Uh, the, the Middle Eastern get these gas stations and hotels. For example, these small hotels are almost all run by Middle Eastern, specifically Indian folks. And that's their niche. And what they'll do is they all all their family they put their money together, they get a store, they build it up, and then whenever one of their kids get old enough, they get they pull all the money and get them a store, and so on and so forth. Well, with black folks, what we're starting to see happen is we are now starting to get more and more power in the media because we are the creatives. We, you know, as far as the culture, as far as the like pop culture, we are pop culture. You know what I'm saying? We do set the trends. And for a long time, for and we still are in a way, but now you're starting to see empowerment. You're starting to see um, black folks own labels, you know what I'm saying? Own TV channels. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, what was it? Byron? Shit. I don't want to say the name because I'm probably going to get it wrong, but there's a black guy and I can't think of his name. Byron who owns Allen. like, yeah, who owns like 20 something channels. Channels. He he owns the weather station, don't he? Or the weather channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and amongst amongst a bunch of others, you know what I'm yeah. saying. And so, um, you know, even like you know, Jay Z has ownership in so many things. And now, mind you, what Jay Z does doesn't put any money in my pocket. But how many people does he employ that looks uh -huh. like him? How many people have come up under him that watched him that look like us that now can take that knowledge and impart it to their families and better their lives? And so on and so forth. Like it trickles down. It, it, it it's happening slowly. But what I really hope that will happen is you go to the hair store, for example, almost every time there, it's Asian folks in there. And again, this is not shade. If anything, I'm bigging them up. You know what I'm saying? So please don't come for me, Mr. Misconception. Um, but I <laughs> had to plug that. But we can easily do the same thing, but on a bigger level because media marketing that's where all of the money this is america this is like the number one consumer nation in america in the world mm -hmm. so if we can take over that space we're already in the in the sports realm well why do you think they know black owners like like for for sports things like majority black owners is what i mean not minority owners mm -hmm. is because bro if we get our foot in the door we gonna have our feet on people's necks for real Mm -hmm. That's real, bro. Like, I, 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 all right. Let me get off. Let me get off. But, <laughs> but I, that's that's towel, where it's going. Bro. Yeah, but that's where it's going. For that's where it's going, and 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 it's gonna be like Jack Johnson. You know, what I'm saying the heavyweight fighter, bro. You you let you let one of us get our toe in the door, and we gonna fuck the game up. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. You know what I'm saying? But um, but instead of a belt on our waist, it's gonna be deeds. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's gonna be our names on some paperwork that they that somebody can't take from us. 
mm. you know, that we could pass down, pass on and pass down. It's happening already. And it's just with minority ownership, but it's going to happen with a majority ownership as well. And once that happens, it's, it's not going to stop. It's not going to turn down. Look at Jay-Z, bro. Jay-Z put uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg uh, on the, on the halftime show. That's never mm-hmm. happened. There's, there's never been a rap act, a hip hop right. act do the, uh, the Super Bowl ever. You know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. and Jay and Jay did it. Might not seem like a big deal. You don't count Nelly. You don't count Nelly as a hip hop act. He didn't headline the act, right? Uh, like it was all, bags, you know, it was all, bags. all that was all hip hop. Yep, and Mary is hip hop for those who are saying she's she's considered the queen of hip hop, right? So it was all hip hop halftime, bro. That's first time ever done, ever. And last thing I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get off this 1974. That's when Section Eight came out, mm. and that's that's when basically you could choose the government or your man. Sounds right. Oof. Sounds about right. Right. It's, tough. it's 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 crazy, man. And like we can go on for hours on these type of things, but I will say, you know, as as my last point on the topic is, I do feel better about our youth right now, man. Like there there was a time where I was like, our youth is doomed. <laughs> They're lost, bro. <laughs> like I'm I'm gonna be real with you, right? Because it it felt like nobody cared right and at the end of the day like a life was it, it didn't matter so you you start to see crime rates and things happening from a younger age which you know we'll we'll talk about at another time too but you start to see uh heinous crimes and and things happening at younger ages uh because of lack of guidance right because of lack of of male presence because of uh, kids raising kids, whatever scenario you want to put on it, we saw a rise in it. But now, what's different is you're starting to really see the the internet actually be of an advantage to to the youth right now, right? Because we do have creatives, we do have these beautiful minds that now you have a way to put it to use without being in the streets, right? Uh, for a long time. Even rap lyrics used to say it, right? Either you got a wicked jump shot or you're selling crack rock. So that was the perception that we were putting out there as the only way out. Mm-hmm. Now you have these social media platforms that you can monetize off of. You have YouTube you can monetize off of. You have uh, instant marketing that you can do for yourself or whatever. If it's music, if you're you know, a, a freelance artist, if you whatever... You have instant access and you're starting to see younger people take advantage of this. You're seeing more young entrepreneurs now. And I don't have this as a stat, like a factual stat, but from my visual appearance, it seems like you're seeing more youthful entrepreneurs arising now from the black community than you've ever seen in history. And I think that the Internet and social platforms has allowed that opportunity. So I actually feel good about our future. I Me do, too, man. I want to. I want to challenge y'all. I want. I, I want to challenge everybody that's listening, as well. I want you to. And this is you too, DC Rod, and even myself. I want you to get on Facebook, get on Twitter, get on IG, whatever platform you want. I want you to tag somebody, whether they got a personal business, whether they just an individual on their own going to nine to five. I want you to tag, and I want you to big up them, and I want you to challenge them. To do the same thing, post somebody, tag them, and big up them. 
Um, because that's where it starts, right? If you can be courageous and bold enough and not worry about what nobody thinking, right? Because social media, yes, it gets a negative rap because it gets a lot of bullshit out here. But it's a lot of positivity that can come from it too. So I'm challenging everybody. Put a post, tag them, big up them. Tell us why you big up in them as well. And and challenge that next person to do the same thing for somebody else. I'm interested to see what's gonna come from that. That's dope. I, I really am. I really am. I'm challenging everybody that's listening. I'm challenging y'all, y'all fellas as well, including myself. So as soon as y'all are done, listen to us, spill our guts out. Uh I'm I'm putting that a call to action. For everybody. I don't care what walk of life you in. And yes, we talk about the, the black community and a lot of things that's going on and this is we passionate and this is where we are and where we come from. Um and you know the quote Wale, you know, DC, I know you ain't the huge Wale fan, but hey, sue me. <laughs> Cause I'm rooting for everybody that's black. You feel me? And yeah, I'm challenging everybody. So that's the call to action, man. And I hope y'all accept that challenge and I hope Everyone that's listening that's up that challenge as well, man. So whew, this was a this was a this was dope. This was a nice conversation, man. Um, even about our youth, right? You hit on some things too, man. And I definitely probably we, I want to carry that to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. So uh listeners just be be tuned to that, man, about our youth. And like I said, we end in Black History Month. 100%. Right. And and next month, man, Rod, you brought it to our attention, man. It's, it's Women History Month, man. Coming up soon, man. You you want to talk about that? Uh, we celebrating the women in, in March, man. So we gonna make sure that we promote some businesses, some black owned businesses and get some some people out there, man. Hopefully we'll have a couple of guests on here. But if we don't, we still going to shout them out. So we'll get that information out. If you if you want, make sure you follow us at the. Uh, get right and on facebook you can put your information on there if you want to be spotlighted if you want us to get your information out there but we're gonna try to make sure that we bigging up the women in march right again this goes back to uplifting we want to make sure we get that information out there and shoot it to us we'll get it out absolutely so like ladies next month we'd love to have some some special guests like some business owners some People who are doing some things, uh, who just want to share their story too to uplift other women. Um, that's what we're here for, man. And so I think that's it, man. Yeah, man. This is a yeah. dope episode, man. I feel good, man. Like I really feel good. DC, man, if you hot, you sweat, man. Please get a towel, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're, gonna to, we gonna to, we're gonna have to have you like John Thompson, bro. You're gonna have to have the towel on your shoulder. Why you doing your thing, man? And uh, you already know what it is, man. So hey, again. This episode two, Get Right Podcast, man. It's your boy T. Mr. Misconception himself, DC, was joining us. And our our brain trust ride, man. You know, we always going to tell you what it do, what it is, what it ain't. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.